Good morning. 96.5 KLH, the morning KLH with Dave and Doreen along with Marcus. Thank you for listening. Let's welcome our green and gold insider from ESPN, co-host of Wilde and Tausch, three-time Wisconsin Sports Writer of the Year, Jason Wilde. Good morning, Jason. How are you doing today? Good, everyone. How are you? We're good, good. man. I, I want to start with this question. Does what happened to DeMar Hamlin actually make a case for all NFL players to get guaranteed contracts. A lot of people don't understand that Major League Baseball, NBA contracts guaranteed. NFL contracts never have been, at least until, I think, Deshaun Watson. I know Lamar Jackson's looking for a guaranteed contract. It's been a bone of contention between the Players Association and the ownership group. Does this do anything to help the players? Uh, no, it does nothing because billionaires suck. Yeah. Um, You're right. I mean, they're just not, they're not going to do that. They're, they're, they want more of their own money in their own pocket. They're, they don't want to be guaranteeing it to players that, uh, might not be on the roster. But you're right. I mean, you know, I remember when I was like, I think I was in high school at the time that the Brewers signed, uh, Teddy Higuera to a big extension. Mm-hmm. And then as, as a pitcher, he's a great pitcher. And then he like blew out his arm and he barely pitched and, and, they were on the hook for every single penny. And back then, obviously, they didn't quite have the same revenue streams, and it was a strain on their finances on how they fielded a team. Um, and so baseball, hockey, basketball, all guaranteed contracts. Once you sign it, it's the money's yours, even if you suffer an injury and you, the team gets very little out of you. In, in the NFL, for folks that don't understand, you get some guaranteed money, uh, but a lot of the base salaries, especially later in your contract, are not guaranteed for anything. And so, yeah, look, I've always believed that should be the case. I think it's odd that the sport where they have the highest injury rate mm-hmm. has the lowest percentage of guaranteed money in the contract. But that's exactly how the billionaire NFL owners want it. They don't want to be on the hook for a bunch of guys that aren't playing for them anymore because they suffered injuries. And so... Right. Um, it's 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 patently unfair, but that's the way of the world. And if you're a quarterback or if you're another star player, you've at least seen some change in that direction, but it's minimal compared to 53 players per roster times 32 teams. So what's it like talking to the players this week? What is the vibe going into playing a game after what happened on, on Monday night? Yeah, that's a great question, Doreen, because I did a lot of that yesterday. Um it's a process, frankly. Um, you know, I, some of the con- conversations I had, it was really interesting where different guys were at. So I'll give you three examples. Uh, I talked to Randall Cobb, and he and his wife, Ida, have two young sons, Cade and Caspian. And he basically said, look, I haven't slept very well the last couple of nights. I can't sleep. I'm thinking about this a lot. It's not just him thinking about, I hope DeMar Hamlin's okay. Mm. It's that could be me. Right. Mm. And again, it's a one in a million thing. You know, I think there's kind of a building consensus. They haven't announced what happened, but this, this situation where if you are struck in the chest at just this precise millisecond in your heartbeat rhythm, that this can happen. I think guys are kind of justifying it in their own minds of this is such a one in a million type thing that it's not going to happen to me, but they're all working through it. The second player that I talked to is Dallin Levitt, who is a safety, plays the same position, uh, 
as Hamlin, and also is their big special teams guy, number six. And it was really interesting talking with him. His dad played football at BYU and broke his neck in a game against Oregon in 1990. Mm. Now, again, I didn't know that. And Mm. to hear him talk about it, it was amazing because he said the only thing his dad wanted after that happened was to get cleared to play again. Wow. Mm. Which I thought was a really interesting insight into how some players' brains are wired. The third player that whose opinion was really interesting was Rasul Douglas, who said, look, when we sign up, we know the risks. Now, we don't think we might die, but we know we might tear an ACL, we might break a leg, we might suffer a neck injury. We know what we're signing up for. And I said, so how does that influence how ready you are for this game on Sunday? He's like, I'm playing. I wouldn't have played if I'd have been on the field on Monday night. I could not have gotten where I needed to be mentally. But now I know what I signed up for. I know how unlikely this is. I'm ready to go. So there's kind of this spectrum of where guys are at in terms of being ready to be back on the field. But it has influenced them all to varying degrees. As the Packers do get ready for this big win and in-game against the Lions, I'm not looking past the Lions, but should the Packers make the playoffs, given their momentum, do they become one of the most feared teams in the NFC now? Um, I think they're definitely a team that no one wants. Now, if you kind of look at where all these other teams are, um, the one team that I would say that Packers fans shouldn't want to face is San Francisco. And I think that's who they're they're going to probably have to play, right? That'll be fun. (laughs) Again. But but San Francisco, obviously playing um, last week, they gave up a bunch of points to the Raiders. But overall, really good defense. Uh, great offensive scheme. But even that team, which I think is the one that's put it together the best, is playing with their third-string rookie, seventh-round draft pick quarterback, Mr. Irrelevance, who's been Brock Brock Purdy. Purdy, Mm -hmm. But much more relevant. But there's a a crack in their armor as well, right? Uh, We know Dallas has had a bunch of injury issues. Dak Prescott's been inconsistent. We know Philly... You know, Jalen Hurts, who is a fantastic young quarterback, especially because he can run so effectively, has been dealing with a shoulder injury. Even if he's fully cleared to play, he probably isn't going to run and lower his shoulder the way he had in other games before the injury, and that takes away part of his game. We saw what the Vikings did. Now, all these teams are certainly, and this is the reality of the Packers, all these teams are certainly good enough to still beat the Packers. But they're also don't enough flaws that the Packers can beat them. So I think it's going to be really interesting, assuming they do win against the Lions on Sunday night. Um, I think they're in a spot where they could make a run. I think they're also in a spot where they could go to San Francisco or go to Dallas. And all those things, I think people have forgotten, and I'm guilty of this too, so I'm not accepting myself from this. I think people have forgotten during this four-game winning streak a lot of the flaws that we saw from this team. And my reservation, if I were a Packers fan, would be that those are going to all rear their ugly heads at the same time again in a playoff game, and your team's going to lose, and they're not going to look good doing it. With everything that happened Monday night and the process of trying to get through that emotionally with all these players, is it possible that the focus may not be there? Now, having said that, of course, the Lions are going through the same thing, but I guess I'm afraid that they're going to overlook the Lions and already start thinking about the playoffs. 
Yeah, well, Marcus, being the great leader that he is, I think he should probably do the pregame huddle and say, hey, <laughs> playoffs on three. One, two, three, playoffs. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, I th- you know, everyone's dealing with all the same kind of challenges. You're right. But I would, I would also say this. I, I am really eager to see, A, what happens at 325 on Sunday with the Seattle Rams game and then how that affects the Lions because – I still maintain that what the NFL did is preposterous. I, I don't understand it. The whole idea of not scheduling what day, much less what time, the last weekend games were going to be played. Like, they were all TBA. And then they picked some Saturday games, and then they set the Sunday schedule. I, I don't understand how you do that with the full intention of making sure that everything is fair and then you do what you did with the Seattle game. I mean, I understand why they did it. They, want, they like money, mm-hmm. and they like lots of eyeballs on their primetime TV games. So that's what the Packers give them. That said, it's not fair to the Lions no. because if Seattle wins, and it's not fair to Seattle because if Seattle beats the Los Angeles Rams at home at 325, Seattle then eliminates the Lions from playoff contention, mm-hmm. but needs the Lions to beat the Packers so Seattle can get into the playoffs. So by doing that, you disincentivize things for the team that you need to beat the Packers for you to get in. Wow. Those games should have been played at the same time. It's preposterous that they're not. We understand the NFL likes money and eyeballs on television, but it's still a competitive disadvantage for Seattle and for the Lions. You think the Packers win this game? I do. I, I think the I think the Seahawks win because they're playing at home, and the Rams are a shell of the team that won the Super Bowl, you know, eleven months ago. And then I think they I think they get it done at home because I'll say this: if the Packers were playing this game in Detroit, where they finished some other seasons, I don't like their chances nearly as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost in Detroit earlier this year. They played like trash, but Detroit's really good at home, not so hot on the road. And so I think they get it done, and then obviously we start to figure out where we're headed. And um, I think you're right. I think most the most likely scenario will send them to San Francisco, but it's still possible they could go to Minnesota. Very outside chance of that. Still possible they go to Dallas. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens after that. All right, Jason. Thank you so much for the time, and we'll reconvene on this show Monday, and we'll we'll have a much clearer picture. Will on three. One, two, two three. three. Will they? <laughs> okay, no, I say take care. You say be good. Ready? <laughs> take care. Be good. Did we do it? You guys are the best. <laughs> All right. You, I love you guys. Take care. Yeah. Be good. Take care. Jason Wildey. He's awesome. He's our green and gold insider.